Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. What Solomon does is he gives us an illustration of how God blesses us and how we're to use his blessings. God entrusts blessings into our lives to use for him. Verse 3. Sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a reward from Him. In that particular economy, that was especially meaningful. I mean, it's meaningful today. God will bless us in one of the ways He blesses us and can bless us is with children. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. Today, Pastor Ed will be reminding us that everything in this world belongs to Him. Everything you have, money, resources, a family, health, and even your time has been given to you as a blessing from the Lord. These blessings in life are not simply to be used on ourselves, but we are challenged in the Scriptures to use these things as a blessing to others. God doesn't just bless you so you can hoard for yourself what He's given you. One day, we will have to give an account of our stewardship. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith. These words were spoken in a speech at the convention for the forming of the Constitution of the United States. Let me read them to you. They were spoken in Philadelphia. In the beginning, we have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this and also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall proceed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. Our strength, our confidence cannot be in our own might, or own wisdom, it will fail us every time. And I pray that our nation would return to God. I pray that our people would return to God, and that it would begin in the pulpits, and it would begin in the pews, and it would begin in the churches, where we would call the nation with a prophetic voice back to God. The psalmist said, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. So he talks about building a home, guarding a city, but he talks about providing a living. If you read the text, it says, it's vain to raise up, rise up early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. If we try and live our lives Without God, we leave him behind. It's like trying to run your car on octane that is too low for the engine. Maybe it requires 89, medium octane, and you run it on low octane. It's going to put a knock in that engine and eventually destroy that engine. When we live our lives for selfish reasons, when that's the gas, the motivation that drives us, Something goes wrong inside of our soul. Something goes wrong inside of our hearts. Something goes wrong inside of us. 
If you run your life for selfish reasons, there has to be a difference between you and your neighbor. You both work at IBM. You both work perhaps for the state government or the federal government or for, for some small business. And you both get a check at the end of the week and you both put in your hours and you do a good job. But there's a difference between the Christian and the non-Christian. The Christian is doing it for the glory of God. The Christian is doing what he's doing because he wants his life to be an act of worship to God. God has a plan for our lives and to use what God has given us for him. See, don't make it your priorities that you pursue. Don't just think about, okay, this is what I want in life. This is what I want to get out of life. No, think about God's agenda for your life. Lord, what do you want from me? What's your purpose for me? If you live out your own agenda, that dash between the day of your birth and the day of your death will be meaningless. Now, only God can evaluate a life. Only he can weigh the value of a life. We can't do that. But he's all wise and all knowing and he can do that. You have to set your heart at doing God's will his way. Not your way, not somebody else's way, his way. His way is not always the most popular way. Dare I say, his way is not well received often. But if you do it his way, that's going to count and life is going to be meaningful. Do it with the right motive. We can't do what we do for our own self, for our own glory, for our own ego needs. I know that's mixed in there, but it has to really be, Lord, I'm doing what I'm doing for you. See, that's why God brought Abraham to Mount Moriah, and that's where God said, give your only son Isaac up. Because everything that we do has to be done in the right way, or else we're building our own kingdoms rather than his kingdom. God calls us to do a work for him. And so he said, put your life in God's hand and depend upon God. If you don't, it will be meaningless. But if you do, it will be meaningful. Dorothy Sayers said this, and I love the way she said it. Work is not primarily thing one does to live, but the thing one lives to do. It is, or should be, the full expression of the worker's faculties, the thing in which he finds spiritual, mental, and bodily satisfaction, the medium in which he offers himself to God. When we work, whether it's working for a secular organization, a religious organization, whether it's working in the home, you're doing it all for him. Now, you don't trust in the work 
of your hands. You trust in him who gave you the work to do. You triumph, the Bible says, in the work of his hands. And so what he is saying is that we will be blessed if what we're doing, we're doing for him and his blessing is upon it. And he says, pursue, the second thing in that verse, second thing is pursue our life's work with God is meaningful. Pursuing our life's work with God is meaningful. Do you want it to be meaningful? Well, pursue it with God. Now, in some versions, he says he gives his beloved sleep. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 22, it calls Solomon by the name of Jedidiah, which means beloved of the Lord. He wrote this psalm. And biblical scholars think that he is referring, at this moment, there's an illusion, he's referring to himself when he says this. Because it was when Solomon was asleep, God came to him, and God tested him as to his motives. You know God does that? He does, with all of us. And he tested Solomon, and because God approved of his motives, He said, I'm going to bless you. He spoke in Solomon's sleep. Solomon was blessed beyond what he possibly could think or even imagine. He didn't labor for it. He couldn't work for it. He couldn't provide it for it. Everything he needed for the temple was there. Everything he needed to build the house of the Lord, God provided. See, What it's saying is everything depends on God's blessing. Everything. Jesus told a story of a farmer who goes out to sow seeds. And he sows the seeds and he comes back later and a plant is grown. God adds the increase. You sow the seeds of faith. You believe God. You trust God. And it's amazing what God will do. I am praying so hard that our church, what God has done for us corporately, we will profit individually from. What's happened in the miracle of his provision would seep down into your own personal lives. And uh, there were those who just looked at the accounting books when we were talking about going to Casper Kill. They just couldn't see beyond that because you have to have faith to see certain things. You have to see things and know. Let me just stop and pause here. When you are wrong, stop, think about it, meditate on it, because if you don't, you repeat the same mistakes. A word to the wise. It's amazing what God did for us. Just reflecting on Vassar College, we bought some things from Vassar College, pennies to the, to the dollar, very, paid very little. They, they had the surplus. Here's some of the things that we purchased recently, or a while back. 15 pallets of ceiling tile. Do you know how many feet that was? 13 thousand five hundred feet 
How many classrooms? That, that took care of. Vassar College gave us, and I was talking to Alex about it, and he gave me some of the figures on it. He, they gave us 22 of those mini Mac computers. Then 62 PC computers with the mouse and the keyboard and the screens. On and on of the things that we received. How does that happen? How does that happen? It happens when God is blessing us when we can't provide for ourselves. It happens when you walk by faith. But some of the miracles go right over people's heads. Like the Israelites, they fail to see the manna. They fail to recognize what God has done. And sometimes I sit down and I pray. I say, oh God, help me to recognize, help me to remember this. Because sometimes it's hard to take those things in. You begin to walk by fear rather than faith. I mean, all of us have been there. I've been there. But God provided in ways that we could have never, ever provided for ourselves. And so what Solomon is saying is when God's blessing is on you, that's all you need. That's all you need. Secondly, our life's work counts when the author is God. Our life's work will count when God is the author. Well, I think I'll do this or I think I'll do that. Let me roll the Yahtzee dice and figure out what I'll do with life. Don't do it that way. Ask God for wisdom, direction. God, what do you want me to do? Guide my life, direct my life, direct my steps. Now, what he does, Solomon, right away, and it, it, it's hard to see it, but what Solomon does is he gives us an illustration of how God blesses us and how we're to use his blessings. God entrusts blessings into our lives to use for him. In verse 3. Sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a reward from him. In that particular economy, that was especially meaningful. I mean, it's meaningful today. God will bless us, and one of the ways he blesses us and can bless us is with children. Now, think about that. When does he usually give us children? In our youth. When you have strength to raise them (laughs) I see some of the kids running around in the school and I'm just really glad that my years of being a parent are over with. You know, I say, oh Lord, thank you. But God gives you children so that you are to raise them for him. Now, we can have the wrong attitude with our children. There are two extremes. The one extreme says they're a burden. They've kept me back or they keep me back from my career, my goals, and they, they, just a weight on my shoulder. The other extreme is we bow down and worship at their feet and we make them into idols. The two extremes are wrong. What the right thing is, is you realize that your son, your daughter is a gift from God and you endeavor to raise them up with Christian principles. You endeavor to, to raise them up to serve the Lord, whatever that purpose for God may be. So your prayer is, Lord, use my son, use my daughter, and you're endeavoring to pour your life in it, into them. The most important thing is not our careers. They're important, 
God gives us work. But what's important is the children he gives us. And so what he does is he makes this illustration of children and he says, God blesses us with children. Uh, In Genesis, it says that God used the generation of Seth. They were a generation of young people that called upon the name of the Lord to raise up sons and daughters that will call upon God's holy name and that will seek God, that will be a witness in a world that's dying and going further and further from Christ. Uh, they, James says, 117, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Think about the various gifts that God has given you. I mean, hasn't God been faithful? Remember when you didn't have a job and God provided a job? I was talking to someone this past week about that, how God opened up marvelously a job for her. Remember when you didn't have the money to pay the rent or the mortgage and God came through? Uh, Think about the time you didn't know which way to turn, this way, that way, and you heard the voice of the good shepherd Remember the dark night of the soul when God was light in your darkness? Remember the times that you felt the waves of fear just running over you and then he spoke peace to that troubled heart? Remember what God has done. He wants to use who you are. Now perhaps you don't have children. Maybe you're not married. But it doesn't mean that you don't have spiritual children. You know, I just think of some of the people in our church. I could think of Myra Armstead, all of the spiritual children she has. I think of Greta. I think of Carol. I remember Carol praying for the youth when they go on on retreats, organizing these 24 hours of prayer. That's an impact. That's an influence. So you not only have physical children, but there are spiritual children, and you're leaving a mark on their lives. You're impacting them for eternity. Someone has said, the more we depend on God, the more dependable we find him. We sang, Jesus, I'm depending upon you. You depend on God, you'll find him dependable. You'll find that he will not let you down. He may not do it the way you want, but he won't let you down. Finally, he he moves on in this psalm, verses 4 and 5. God gives us the opportunity to have influence beyond our years. Life becomes meaningful, not meaningless, but meaningful, and he allows you to impact the future. Uh, Picture with me uh, a war going on. Uh, Picture there's the guards they take the arrow out of the quiver strapped in their, on their back they place it in the bow and they shoot the arrow over the marching soldiers deep into the enemy's territory and it hits the target and the turn of the battle happens what God is saying is we could have influence beyond our reach into the future our lives could count not just for the moment for eternity 
And he uses the illustration of children and he's carrying that over and he says, it's, it's like sons. And into the future, that arrow goes. Your influence was meant to last for eternity, not just for time, not just for the moment. Life can be meaningful when God has blessed and is blessing you and you're depending upon him. When he is the author of your work, when he is the architect, the designer, the builder of what you're doing, then your life will count not merely for the moment but for eternity. Then when they say to you, dust to dust, ashes to ashes, and they commit your body to the ground, your influence will live beyond that in the hearts and in the lives of people and in ways that you could never have imagined because you simply said, God, I obey. There's a piece of poetry that I'd like to read. This learned I from the shadow of a tree that to and fro did sway against the wall. Our shadow selves, our influence may fall where we can never be. We were created in Christ Jesus for good works. We were created to accomplish things that would last for eternity. Mary, just have a child, but it'll be difficult. But she has been praised and she has been a blessing, the mother of Jesus. Just that simple childbirth, but that special child that well, was Messiah. Paul, I'm going to send you to prison, but handle it well. And I'll give you some writing material. And there he writes the prison epistles. Don't measure your life the way the world measures it. Measure it by, first of all, if God blesses you, that's what counts. Without his blessing, you could build the greatest skyscrapers. You could have your name on some of the most historical documents in history. You can do whatever you want. And God is the only one who can really evaluate a life. But when you have God's blessing on for you, it's a seal from heaven that your life will count for eternity, that your life will mean more than just the moment. And when you have listened to the voice of God and he has said, you're walking this way, son, I want you to walk this way. And you start marching to that drum of heaven and you start obeying the voice of God and doing the will of God. Your life has a ripple effect beyond this present world into eternity. See, God wants you to live a life filled with meaning, not meaningless. Unless the Lord builds a house, they that labor, labor in vain. Unless the Lord guards a city, the watchmen watch it in vain. Unless God blesses the labor of your hands, doesn't mean anything. You could be as rich as Donald Trump you could be as well known as the most celebrated person of our time. But without God, it's a puff of smoke. It doesn't mean a thing. 
We want to encourage you to share this message with your friends and family. We know that God's Word never returns void. We've made it really simple. Visit buildinginfaithradio.com and click on today's date. Then you can share today's message to your Facebook page and Twitter, or even download a copy to share. Again, that's all available at buildinginfaithradio.com. To learn more about Building in Faith, or to get a free copy of today's teaching, simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. That's buildinginfaithradio.com. Although Building in Faith is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. Please join us next time as Pastor Ed continues teaching through his special eight-part series entitled Eyes Open, right here on Building in Faith. Your word restores.